1: G-Shawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, guys.
2: What's happening, Jackson? What's good, baby? I
3: can't believe Jay already doubted whether I ever had a lineup already this morning, only two hours into the show.
2: I just, look, yeah, I, just, I oh, can't no, imagine you with... You, uh, you probably had one of them little fake fades. Right.
3: No, 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 I had an official... Right, first of all, I had just a straight Caesar with no fade.
4: Second of all... I forget that you were a rapper.
3: I had, I had the Caesar <laughs> fade. That was when you go
4: to a pretty guess, boy. I, you don't dress like a rapper anymore. No, that's right. I was 19. Like a, I'm
2: 48 now, Jay. You dress like an owner of a two-versus-two team. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're the owner <laughs>
3: of a big two team. That's what you are. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly right. <laughs> Guys, I have
2: your trophy right here
4: in front of me that you uh, carried around.
3: One of, you, one of the many uh, brilliant points I've made that has uh, sparked a national debate about Steph Curry is whether debate. or not he needs a finals MVP, not to enhance his legacy. Dre, Draymond Green tried to be slick with that. He's like, Steph doesn't need a, an MVP to, to, to prove who he is. I never said that. What I said was I was responding to Jay talking about he's going to end up a top 10 player all time. Now, to do that, I think you need to be the best player in the world for a while, or something like that, even if you want to say top two or three, and you need at the end of the season to be the best player on the best team you know who won your helped win your team a championship. And um, Cedric Maxwell was on earlier, Celtics radio analyst on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. He doesn't think Steph needs to win a finals MVP. Listen to, to Cedric Maxwell, former finals MVP.
0: I really don't think so. And the reason I say that is
3: because you look at all his accolades right
0: now. He is going down as the greatest shooter in the history of the NBA. He's the only MVP that has had a what, unanimous vote. So, I don't think that he needs to put that on his mantle. He probably would like to have it on his mantle, but I don't think he needs to put that on his mantle to solidify who he is as a player.
3: Key, I, I, a lot of people bring up that unanimous MVP vote, but to me, it's great. You know, I'm not saying Steph's not a super great player and everything, but if by. Regular season, everyone makes the playoffs in the NBA. By the end of those playoffs, he, you know, if you would have re-voted, he wouldn't have gotten that. He probably wouldn't have gotten it at all, let alone unanimously. To me, that's not the strongest argument. You can make other arguments, but I don't like that, that unanimous MVP argument. Tell me that, look, he created the culture. He's a, he's a huge engine on the team. He's the reason why they won three championships, why KD wanted to play there. I buy those arguments more.
2: But you can't, though, uh, Max. When you're an unanimous MVP, that means everybody who has a vote decided that you were the best player that year, whether you you tailed off the last two weeks of the season or not. You were the best player that season in the NBA. It's never happened. Regular Michael season, Jordan, yeah. Mike, Mike. It doesn't matter. Michael Jordan never did it. Kobe Bryant never did it. Magic Johnson never did it. Big old never – I mean, I go on and on and on. You can't refute that and go against that and try to diminish that by saying, oh, it's a regular season, regular season. You got to do something in the regular season to get to the postseason to be able to accomplish the goal because if you the Lakers, you didn't do nothing in the regular season, so therefore you didn't get to the postseason this year. Steph Curry has done it in both, regular and post. That's why Cornbread Maxwell, Cedric Maxwell, said what he said. He said. Because that's what he believes. I just love when I hear former players that have
4: reached such a level, right, NBA champion, NBA finals MVP, when they recognize what time it is for what they're seeing because they've never seen something like it before. So, you know, when when I say it it doesn't carry as much cachet because I've never been to an NBA finals even though I feel like I've watched a ton of basketball. I
3: think it carries just uh, plenty of cachet.
4: It hits differently when an NBA Finals MVP Mm -hmm. says it. Mm -hmm. It hits differently. So it just once again confirms the original thought that I've had that a a guy who's broken so many records, a guy who's revolutionized the game, and also how damn hard it is, Key, being under – I recognize this, man. I'm 6'2", okay? Okay. Every day in my life, I'm around people like Key who are six four, six five. Key's small in the NBA. He's small. So when you're around Kevin Durant, when you're around Giannis, when you're around LeBron. Trees. And then people say, well, you know, Steph just, you know, he's not the – he wasn't the best player on the court. I'm like, yo, do you know how damn – I almost use another word – how good LeBron James is? And I know we sit up here and we break things down and we talk about the moments that he didn't rise to the occasions or – People will build arguments about, well, he's gotten to the finals so many times, but he didn't win it. Like, it, just, it kind of diminishes how difficult See, it is, think, Max, to get there in the first
3: place. I think guys like you who have the experience especially, are, are, you credit Steph for, being, for doing something incredibly difficult. If the question was pound for pound or inch for inch, was the greatest players ever, that's separate. If the question is who changed the game or whose job was the hardest – that's a separate issue. But it's not pound for pound or inch for inch or whose thing is the hardest. It's, it's who are the 10 greatest, right? But, so, but let me ask so, you this. So I
4: mean, 10 greatest means impacting the game in a different way, right? So Shaq impacted. I can make a case that Steph has impacted the game the same way sure. Shaq has impacted the game. You know what Steph has done? Most of the time when you run back to the three-point line, I'm waiting for you at the three-point line. With Steph, you have to wait for him at half court.
5: <laughs> it changes up
4: the endurance and the conditioning of the game because now, like Iman Shumpert talked about on multiple podcasts, there's no more oh, let me wait for you to get into this operating area. You can't. His operating area is a foot over half. But in fourth. the
3: end, I look at the effectiveness of what the players doing. Steph, by any measure, top fifteen all time, right? But once you start talking about top ten, I look when when I look at you know Michael Jordan and you mentioned Shaq or Kobe. Bird, Magic, even if it, there was at least a strong argument for all of them, at one point or another, that's the best player in basketball. And I'm not talking about the end of the regular season. I'm talking about the end of the real season. Because at that point, half the teams in the league, made the a little more than half, made the playoffs. Now it's two-thirds make the playoffs. So at the end of everything, you go, that's the dude I want. Steph hasn't been that guy yet, where at the end of it all, You maybe this year he will be. That's the and, dude. That's and, the and dude I want.
2: Not only that... Cedric Maxwell went on to say that he didn't need to do anything else to solidify himself to be put into the top ten players. It, if you were drafting today and, and you had a top ten pick, Steph Curry would be a top ten pick. All time? I mean, that's what he said. Yeah, I get it. But, a, a, guy, a, guy, a guy who actually, like Jay said, won it. played in the NBA, won the MVP in the finals in 1981. You're getting this from essentially – the peers, and it's not to diminish your thought process because everybody has an opinion, Max. There's no question about it. Mm. But you're getting it. You you're getting it from somebody who has done it. Hundred percent. Very I, of hard course. to go against somebody who's
3: done it. But key, like, so he won on, on a team with Larry Bird. He won Finals MVP. But if Bird never won a Finals MVP. Right? Would I think of him a little differently? Yeah, I probably would. I would think, wait a minute. If Larry Berg was something less than his normal self or his best self each time, I'd be like, "Mm, I don't know. How
2: many many, um, NBA finals did Larry Berg play in?
3: He played and I want to say, five and one three. Okay, so. They won in 81, 84, and 86. So
2: here's what I would say to you, coach, NJ, assistant coach. Is that
3: when you (laughs) play— Why got me the assistant, man? Well, because I'm better at basketball, obviously.
2: Yes. When you play in five championships, let's say six, whatever the number is, you're probably going to win an uh, MVP finals trophy if you're Larry Bird. Mm -hmm. If you're Steph Curry and you play in six and you win four— Or you play in seven and you win five or whatever that is. Or six and win pro- three. Or yeah. whatever, you're probably going to win an MVP. You're probably going to win one. Some of your yeah. other teammates are gonna probably win I, one. I yes, I'm waiting you know I mean, for him to his turn. Yes. But but his first one in twenty fifteen, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay. He, he was a puppy, it. right? He yeah, didn't but, have any he, hair on his face. Honestly, and he should have won. You know, he he should have won it
3: for his team. Sam Amick, did, who voted that
2: 2016, year.
3: I just want to mention this, Key, because it came up. It was in it was in The Athletic. Sam Amick mm-hmm. voted that year on the award and interviewed Igudala about it because he says the narrative is now Steph should have gotten the MVP. Mm-hmm. He said there were 11 voters, four voted for LeBron, seven voted for Iguadala, no one voted for Steph, and he bat he says, I don't f I think we got it right. In other words, I, I would have said LeBron's the MVP. I don't care if his team lost because he was obviously the MVP of the series. But but like not a single voter gave it to Steph that year. That means uh, that's not accidental. Okay, go with your point, K he was a pup.
2: But I was gonna say in twenty sixteen he got hurt, they got hurt, whatever they lose. Mm-hmm. Then they then they win with KD twice because KD's on the team. Now, then they lose and get everybody get broken up in Toronto and that whole thing falls apart there. Now they're back in it. He's going to probably win the MVP. And my whole point is yes. if you, in the, if you are in that many damn championships at some point, you're going to probably win an MVP. Agreed. I just it funny. you can
4: break so many records. You can be NBA champion, And then the one thing that holds you back from being top 10 of all time is somebody saying you don't have a finals MVP. I just find that.
3: Well, Jay.
4: Because it's about the complete body of work. It's not one missing But but one of the
3: parts of the body, I agree. One of the parts of the body of work that's a very important one to me, maybe not to you, is what Steph did game two. First half, they're losing. They're down 0-1. They're at home. They can't afford to lose this game, most people think, right? Second half, what do you do, Steph? He got so hot. He played so great that the game was over by the fourth quarter. That's what I'm talking about. Like, he hasn't done that in the finals, to my estimation, enough yet to put him in the top ten. As Key says, he keeps playing. He probably will. Maybe he will. Like, let's see. That's what I'm waiting to see. Yeah. It's just, you know, Cedric
4: got finals MVP and he averaged 17 and a half points and eight rebounds. So, I, you, just, you know, Key, like, that, that was warrant of a championship finals MVP. So, I, I just, you know, sometimes you look at what Steph is averaging. You're like, all right, did it equate to him being that guy? And people will use, like, the lack of him not getting that award as diminishing. And I, I'm saying it doesn't always work that way.
3: Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive is proud to team up with Hello Alice to support small businesses get access to small business resources And learn about small business grants at helloalice.com.
5: The NFL doesn't want to hear about any other incidents post facto. A
4: new lawsuit filed Monday against Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson alleges Watson has engaged in, quote, a disturbing pattern of conduct, unquote.
3: Emmett Golden, co-host of The Next Level with Emmett and Gerard on ESPN 850 Cleveland, is with us now. Morning, Emmett.
0: Good morning, guys.
3: What do we owe this? Goldie, you've been
2: disappearing. You haven't been around. What's going on?
0: I don't know. I guess it's been a quiet time in Cleveland, but some tells me business is picking up, (laughs) uh, especially when it comes to Deshaun Watson.
2: Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that would be true.
3: So speaking (laughs) of Deshaun Watson, he is now facing a 24th civil suit. Um, What's the reaction been to that news?
0: Uh, Here in Cleveland, fans are just kind of tired they're fatigued of it um the shock and awe i think has dissipated a little bit you know if you hear something over and over and over again you know you just kind of get desensitized to it so i think the fan base is just kind of okay it's another case it's another case they're just waiting until we can talk about football because this is probably uh the best roster the browns have ever had and deshaun watson i think you can't even argue with it's the best quarterback from a talent standpoint that the Browns have ever had, but no one can really talk about it because we all have no idea how many games he's going to play this year.
2: You know, he's going to miss some time, right? Emmett? we don't know what that time is going to be. You know, we can all speculate based on the history of the NFL and what they deal with similar situations and and guys, you know, getting uh, time reduced and all of those sort of things so let's assume he's going to miss some time. What outside of Jacoby Brissett or the Cleveland Browns backup plans behind him?
0: Oh, it's strictly Jacoby Brissett. You know, I know there are a lot of, a lot of talk of, well, maybe possibly Baker Mayfield could slide in guys that will never happen. Baker Mayfield will not take another snap for the Browns. And that's, I don't believe it's necessarily due to the Browns. I think they've shown that, you know, if a guy requests a trade like David Njoku, that if they value you, they'll keep, you know, keep you around and, and be willing to even give you a lot of money. But, you know, Baker is typically the the guy that doesn't let go of things. And he's already written his goodbye letter to the fans of Cleveland. And he's pretty much been on record saying that this situation can't be fixed. So it's Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Josh Dobbs, I believe, is the third quarterback right now. So those are their plans. That quarterback, Baker Mayfield, is not a part of them going forward.
2: Emmett Golden, co-host of The Next Level with Emmett and Gerard on ESPN 850 Cleveland. Um, and, and, I, and look, you said it's not going to happen. I've been saying it when it first started. The moment that Deshaun Watson was acquired in a trade, it's over. He'll never touch the field or the locker room. In a practice environment for the Cleveland Browns because guess what? The players don't want him in a locker room anymore. They don't want him because, much like you said, he's written a letter. It just, it does, it's like you, you, you the girl that we dated, you were cool, but we got a fine one over here that we like. <laughs> and we don't we understand you got a lot of money, we understand your family's rich, but I'ma stay over here with her. And that's kind of where Baker Mayfield is. They're not going to accept him in the locker room, period. It's not going to happen. so people need to let that part go that, oh, they could go back to Baker Mayfield. No, they can't. They can't touch Baker Mayfield. He is toxic inside that locker room right now.
1: Yeah,
0: and Key, I just think all you have to do is listen to the players because they're saying things, you know, if you watch – social media they're flirting with OBJ right come back man you know maybe you should come back you know everybody's showering Deshaun Watson with praise after OTA practices the locker room moved on last year and I think you kind of saw that in the way that the Browns performed as the year went on and it's and key you know there's usually guys appreciate it when you play through an injury but when you're not playing well with an injury and you refuse to sit down, then you're hurting the team. And I think that frustrated a lot of the Browns players last year. And Baker lost the locker room about halfway through that season. And I agree 100%. That ship has sailed. Baker Mayfield will not wear an orange helmet again.
4: Admit, uh, uh another account yesterday, the 24th now for Deshaun Watson, uh, came out and occurred. I- I'm just curious – from your perspective, like, how, how have things been for Deshaun around the team, the media, and the fan base around everything that keeps popping up?
0: Well, I mean, Deshaun has, you know, been at, at everything, been at all the OTAs. The Browns had a golf outing yesterday, and um, he was there. Uh, still hasn't spoken to the media, which is a smart move by the by the Browns. And they've kind of stood firm on it's a fluid situation. Well, you know, we're waiting to see how things go. So they've kind of handled it in a uniform matter, which they're not just saying a lot. And again, I think fans at first. We're upset. Like, why would the Browns do this? And then I think, you know, you know how it is. People start to reason away stuff because he's such a good quarterback. And now everyone's just like, when can we get to football? You know, because I've seen Deshaun Watson jerseys, you know, around Cleveland. And I thought it'd be a long time before um, I saw one of those. But I think fans kind of got past the initial shock. And now it's just kind of a holding pattern because you don't know if you're going to be a Super Bowl contender or around 500 team next year.
2: Now that we've established that Deshaun Watson is at some point going to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield is on the bus. But where does that bus take Baker Mayfield now? I mean, what's the next journey in his NFL career?
0: I mean, right now, he's a man with no country, you know. Um, and I've heard a lot of discussion of, well, you want to wait until mini camp happens and you get closer to training camp. Maybe someone gets hurt. But um, hoping or planning that another quarterback will get hurt is not a great uh, strategy. You know, I think ultimately at some point the Browns are going to have to eat a ton of that salary, and then he's probably going to be a backup or at least in a competition with another team, and that's going to be kind of a different situation, at least in the NFL, for Baker Mayfield. So, look, Baker plays well when his back is against the wall, so when he gets another opportunity, I expect him to play well. Baker Mayfield's not a bad quarterback. He's an average quarterback, and I think he will, you'll see Baker play well wherever he lands, And then he'll probably get back to the up and down quarterback play, in which he's kind of proven that that's the type of quarterback he is.
3: Emmett Golden, co host of The Next Level on ESPN 850 Cleveland. Appreciate you joining us today, Emmett.
0: Hey, anytime, guys. Thanks for having
3: me. All right, Emmett. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Key, you've been saying that all along. It seems pretty apparent. Baker Mayfield is not getting back into that locker room under any circumstances. And uh,
2: I wonder if his name tag is still up.
3: Yeah, I mean, come on. Chances that, are they took that down. That, sh- that ship has no, sailed. No,
2: no, they, they usually, I mean, but you know, they, because he's on the contract, they, you know, did they take it down.
3: Yeah, but does the contract have anything to do with that, right? You could do whatever you want inside the locker room, right?
4: Well, yeah, they can still pay you and not leave your name tag up.
2: Yeah, they would typically they typically would leave it up though till you officially gone from the team. Huh. I just wonder if in fact it is.
3: Yeah.
5: Well, mm-hmm. I mean, technically Baker could just show up for minicamp if he wanted to. Like it's mandatory minicamps. If Baker wanted to just show up, he could. He's under contract. Survival, he's yeah. a player on the team. Now, he's on the roster. but if they he could sh-
2: excuse him and tell him to stay away, yeah.
5: Right, but if he does show up, he's got to have a locker. No, he's got to have his no, name no, up. True. That, no, that's true.
2: That's true. You're right, Evan.
3: There's a reality show, by the way. You send a camera you send a camera crew with Baker, have him show up. That oh,
2: God. That was, what if his key card doesn't? I wonder if they – See, that's card That's <laughs> nah, the type the of stuff. That's type, if, if his key card or his code doesn't work anymore, that's the type of stuff I want to know. Like, if he goes there at, like, 5 a.m. to get a workout in and he walks to the door, like they do coaches when they fire him, and he can't get in. You ever
3: see the movie Office Space? Course, no, yeah, but I've never seen office space, yeah. Key? Office space, I think, I yo, it's hilarious. I, I key, it's so. hilarious. But I, I, was, I was told that I would <laughs> 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 they send Baker down in the basement, he's working. But I was told that I would <laughs> stole my swing line stapler, and I don't have <laughs> a huge contract for a player that is the most important non quarterback in the NFL.
6: Who else is even in that class? If you're on the course, you know that golf gets so much harder when you're not comfortable. Elevate your game with the TASK Performance Clubhouse Collection made with highly technical fabric blends created exclusively for the TASK brand. Amazingly soft, lightweight, breathable, durable, and versatile. TASK garments keep you fresh and comfortable all day on the course, in the office, ...or for travel. Task has harnessed the performance attributes of natural materials... ...to deliver better apparel, made better, and for better experiences. The Clubhouse Collection features polos, shorts, pants, and layering pieces... ...in a wide variety of colors and patterns. Task Clubhouse Collection will have you turning heads on and off the green. The perfect mix of casual and active pieces. The Clubhouse Collection elevates the golf classics... ...through innovative and functional fabrics and design. It's time to step up your game with golf attire that truly makes a difference. Check out Better Now at TaskPerformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at
5: tasc This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know we're big fans of BetterHelp in all the ways it can help people with their mental health, and this year has gone quickly. And so I'd like you to think about something that you're proud of In 2024, so far, think about what you would be proud of. What's something you still want to accomplish this year? And when life goes fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate those wins. And therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months for the rest of the year. So you can look back on the rest of the year, the way that you have this past year to know that it went the way that you wanted. And therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I urge you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So take a moment for you. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com/unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com/unsportsmanlike. g John, J. Will, and Max—the podcast.
3: I'm the smartest guy in the box, so I like that too. Keys' real rankings. You heard the man. It's time for Key's Real Rankings. They're brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL-KEY. These rankings are your top six most valuable non-quarterbacks, huh? Number yeah, six.
2: You, oh, geez, they jumped. Number six. Jumped oh. Quick. Oh. I, I think when you look at it, you know, the quarterbacks are always looked at as the most valuable to a team, but I look at it this way with these six guys on the list. These teams, without them in the lineup, certainly wouldn't fare well. Number six would be Derrick Henry, although the Tennessee Titans did make a strong push with Derrick Henry out of the lineup in their strong running game. But I think that changes with Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback spot, no longer having any of the receiving threats of A.J. Brown there. So Derrick Henry sits at number six in Tennessee. Number five. Number five is Jonathan Taylor, running back of the Indianapolis Colts. We saw him burst onto the scene last year, become a dominant runner for Carson Wentz. Now Matt Ryan is underneath the center. He eases a whole lot of the pressure off of Matt Ryan. Michael Pittman Jr. in the passing game, blocks well in the running game. With him in their lineup, they have an opportunity and a chance to really make some noise in the division as well as in the AFC conference.
1: Number four.
2: Miles Garrett, Cleveland Browns, defensive end. Uh, when you talk about setting the edge, becoming an aggressive pass rusher, making that defense way better, without Miles Garrett in the lineup, Jadavion Clowney is a different player. This defense needs to take a next step. And Miles Garrett did what I thought he would do at the beginning of the season. I questioned whether or not he could take the next step. He certainly proved me wrong. He sits at number
1: four. Number three.
2: Number three, in order for this offense that Jameis Winston and Chris Olave, along with the new inserted guy in Jarvis Landry at the receiver position, Michael Thomas has been in witness protection over the last year and a half. We haven't seen my nephew nearly as much as we would have liked after the big payday that he got. I can guarantee you. If Jameis Winston is going to have a good season and the New Orleans Saints are going to have a good year, it's going to be because Michael Thomas is back at full strength and healthy. And, yes, he sits at number three, Pat, because it is nepotism. You wouldn't say anything if it was anybody else.
1: Number two.
2: Tyreek Hill coming over from Kansas City in a monster trade to the Miami Dolphins to help Tua tonga to want to, to get going in a situation where – He's being judged at the quarterback spot for his career right now. The jury is still out on him. We'll see if he can do some things with Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, along with Waddle. If that's the case, Tyreek Hill will lift that coverage and bring a lot to the table for him.
1: Number one.
2: Number one is the big payday guy. Aaron Donald, Los Angeles Rams, defensive end, defensive end, defensive tackle, nose guard, stand-up, rush outside, linebacker, many positions in the front seven for the Los Angeles Rams, record-breaking contract, $30-plus a year. Max, I know you want to hear that number. You like that number. Mm. He is actually the most valuable player in the National Football League, whether he's a non-quarterback
3: or not. Yeah, sometimes I just like to hear high uh... – High money sums and the endorphins just start coursing through my veins. <laughs> uh, so nepotism, you you cop to at number three, Michael Thomas, right? Absolutely, absolutely,
2: absolutely. Tj
4: Watt be on this list. Tj Watt obviously was the highest paid defensive player in the game before Aaron Donald signed his deal, but obviously he's pivotal to what Pittsburgh does.
2: And Mike Tomlin, right? Yeah, he could he could he could be on the list, Jay, but I don't think that the the fortunes will change because T.J. Watt's not in the lineup.
4: Okay, so I got one for you, Key, and I know you have Michael Thomas on the list. But how about D-Hop? I mean, we we saw how how much Kyler Murray really struggled when D-Hop went down. You can make a case that he is as important
2: as Kyler Murray for that team. you you're you're probably right there. You probably – yeah, you probably – I could have had him on the list. I, mean, I got one always, more for you, I'm going to always miss. I ain't going to always yeah, 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 hit 100. You know, you know, you know. I hit 100 a lot of the times, but I'd usually be like around 95,
3: 95. on an average. 95
4: yeah. gets you paid a lot of money, though.
3: So how about this, the following name? And I know you like to have it proven over a long period of time and everything. But when I look at the Cowboys' defense, Parsons was so good as a rookie, and that defense looks like maybe a little – like they're going to need it from Parsons, in other words. What about him? Yeah. Yeah, he could, but here's the problem that I have, Max. I haven't seen them without
2: him. Like uh-huh. I've seen the Rams without Aaron Donald. Yeah, well, when, he hurt, like. when he was hurt, when uh, he was hurt in the playoffs against Green Bay, what that team looked like. Tyreek Hill. I've seen I've seen Kansas City without him, and I've seen Miami without him. I've seen New Orleans without Michael Thomas. I've seen the Cleveland Browns without Miles Garrett for I guess it was a whole year uh, or something like that. I've seen the Colts without Jonathan Taylor the Tennessee Titans without Derrick Henry. So when you're looking at that, you're seeing it. It's like, okay, well, if he was on the field, this would be a different team. I could certainly see, though, Michael Parsons, if he was missing and he wasn't a part of that defense, it probably would be a little bit different. So I could see that point. Yeah, but you're right. You it's easier
3: it. to see what it it's looks just like, like the, uh, you can see uh, what it, it looks like.
2: You see, I didn't even argue with Jay about nothing. Not even argue. I don't use argue. I didn't communicate at a higher level with Jay on DeAndre Hopkins because I've seen the Cardinals without him. So it's a it's a easy point that Jay brings up. Hmm. No no DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup. This looks like a different team.
3: Yeah, that that I is- just
2: missed on that one. So I'm
3: at ninety eight percent. So what? Ninety eight percent. Damn, Jay. What do you want from the man? Ninety
2: eight. Well, to be hundred percent. Keyshawn Johnson. <laughs> have you ever got a hundred percent on any paper? Yes. You have. Yeah. What was it, like three questions or something? Or three, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> multiple choice. Yeah, like, like you you on, every
4: question on a test, correct? Yes. No,
2: no. I have not. And I'm not going to sit up here and lie. You what, never why? got. Why you, why you I didn't say. I didn't right say. i I didn't say you lie. Yeah, I said your tone, I'm not. Your tone did it. Your tone did so. And I saw no, your all, face on the all, screen. All I said is I'm not going to sit up here and lie. Lie. But <laughs> <What> you said <laughs> I'm not going to sit up <laughs> here and lie. You know. <laughs> yeah, my son, my son a couple weeks ago after school he got 100 on stuff. Oh, you know, they wanna, they what was tape. it? What kind of test? It was like math, money, you know. They go tape it on the door so I can see it. Yes, you yes, I know you got just going to tape it on the door so I can see it. It's, it's it. so Look it's so me. interesting. It's so interesting that though when I asked that question, my my um my kids are all strong in math. I have no idea why that is. Cuz mm. I'm like Well, maybe you're
3: strong in math too. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I know. know. I give
2: you look, look. (laughs) This is how I know. I give you a hundred, and you give me ninety-nine dollars back. I know you owe me a (laughs) dollar. That's my strength.
3: That's right. (laughs) You know what's funny about math? I know what I gave you. People don't like it because it's like, uh, like there's actually an answer. It's not like you know, in English or social studies, you kind of make something up, right? But actually, in another way. It's easier that way because you just do the formula, you get the answer, move on. You know, everybody At a level. Say,
2: they say that all the time. Math, Jay, I'm like, yes, I know. I gave you one amount, you're supposed to give me that back, and when you don't, something's wrong.
4: I could do math quick when I start counting. I'm like, oh, so this how much taxes take out? Okay,
1: yeah,
3: yeah. Math, Bing, Bing, everyone bing, can bing. do the addition and subtraction. Oh, real quick. Kid who's struggling in math. Just make it dollars, right? <laughs> Making paychecks is different now. Oh, I love this guy. What needs <laughs> to change for Clay Thompson in game three? And can the Warriors win the series without him playing at an elite level, Jay? That's next on ESPN Radio and Series XM, Channel 80. When you're on a
6: business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So, what ends up happening is you do a few push ups and sit ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at lq.com.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions
1: apply. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast.
3: So, guys, you see this uh, thing that's tweeted out? There's a picture of Jordan, Bird, and Magic. And it was like, would anyone beat these three in a three-on-three in their prime? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, because guys get more skilled every generation. Yeah, LeBron, yeah. KD, and Kobe. There you right. go. But, Wait a minute. Wait, Hold on.
2: Slow down, little captain. LeBron, KD,
3: and Kobe. KD, and Kobe. Kobe 1,000%. kind of more or less cancels Jordan. 1,000%. And LeBron and KD too tall and ain't doing nothing long LeBron and fast and KD. for KD. LeBron I can almost cancel out Jordan well, I'm then. not
2: about to sit there and say Larry Bird ain't doing well, nothing. Larry's going to get his. Yeah, I he's going to get gonna it. They're that, not going to stop him. I'm get, not going to do that. Jay,
3: if you think they would stop Larry Bird, you're out of your mind. He I wouldn't am. stop them either, but he's getting his.
2: And Jay, I know you're I know you an NBA, obviously. You've been watching it, playing it, breathing it, living it, boss slept in your bed with you, old deal. But Larry Bird at the top of that thing, you no, know, Jay, at the beginning, like when he first entered the league, what? Man, that dude was just Y'all just Y'all gotta so make my lethal. comments
4: like I, I, I'm pooping on Larry Bird all of a sudden. No, I'm
2: not. I'm tr- I'm not making your comments like that. LeBron I'm just Bird trying is. to make their case stronger. Well, their
4: case is strong. I just think that the case for LeBron, Kobe, and KD is stronger.
3: Look, every here's the thing. Every generation, they're gonna build on the previous generation and get better. The question is if it, not if you plucked them out of their era and just threw them in a court together. But if those three dudes were around oh, today, who you, oh, or who you just, sent these three back then, you know what I'm saying? Who would get a stop first? You think LeBron, Kobe, No, the defense Katie? is going to be the difference there. Yeah,
5: because so that, Magic
3: and Bird. Bird had a lot. Mag, Bird was a pretty good defensive player, but not like LeBron became. So yeah. if they got but, a stop but, and but they got Ma- the ball back.
2: But, but, but did Ma- was Magic defense that way because he didn't have to? Right. The, the era think,
4: was different, mean, man. It was yeah, just a different so era. So now we're, know, now, now we're taking we're
3: taking them and putting them in this era. So How about this I'm, I'm, instead? Of, what would your all-time three starting three be if you had to do a three-on-three? Three, I would have. I know I'd have Jordan and LeBron. And the question is, who would the third dude be for me? Right. I'm cool with the three I just. chose. I want some shooting though. Maybe KD. I'm cool with the three I just chose. No, but Kobe's not. But Jordan, like between Jordan and Kobe, you might as well take Jordan. It's the same thing, only Jordan I'm cool a little with extra. Kobe. Yeah. Kobe Jordan, the same thing. Yeah, I said, Jordan, cool they're the same thing, but where there's an edge, it goes. Max, to Jordan. Max
4: looked at me like I was crazy. He's like,
3: <gasps> "You're gonna take Michael? You're not." Well, gonna Jordan's take- a little better defensively, a little better offensively, but basically the same thing. I'll take I don't know. I don't know that he's
2: a little bit better. I know that the hype was better. Oh. That's what I do know. Key. Listen, <laughs>
3: defensive <laughs> player of the year, always top. Oh, big right All the analytics agree with it. Too. I you say, MJ. get in the face. All the analytics agree with it. I say, MJ. You get He's the greatest time. LeBron's pretty good. Sometimes it's a fine line
1: between good defense or turnover offense. Stolen by Curry. Curry one on four, two on four. Pulls from the top for three and
0: hits it. That's amazing. He just keeps keeps working on his game. His, his strength, his conditioning year after year, and it's a, it's a pleasure to watch him play.
3: Keyshawn, Jay Willimax, ESPN Radio, Serious XM Channel 80. Jay? Max? But I want you to listen very closely <laughs> to a point you may never have considered.
4: It was made. Why do you keep framing, framing conversations? I don't know what making, you're talking making about. Making the audience believe things that aren't true.
3: Key, key it yes. may still This dude learned today a, for
4: the first time that the Stanley Cup final, let's call the Stanley Cup final.
3: It's <laughs> final, Jay. Not like finals. I, like, like Did I you said, just say finals? finals? You see in the see, NBA key, finals. He doesn't and know. And then he
4: tells the people, Jay, just in case you didn't know, I'm like, you just found that out today, bro. Not me.
3: That is absurd No, Max told me this yesterday.
5: True. He said, just remind me tomorrow.
3: Right. I said, no, I told you to remind Jay. Now listen, <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy, DJ ESPN, NBA analyst. He was the what? coach of the New York Knicks of my youth. If you guys can see what's going on right now. On CJ, the low podcast. Oh, no,
4: hold on, Max. CJ McCollum is being escorted here yeah. with his IFB cable like he was a puppy being walked into <laughs> the studio. <laughs> what, what, what does, I don't know what just. Looking clean, though, it CJ. A,
3: sorry, go ahead. All right, now, wait a minute. On whether or not, Jay, just I don't know if you've considered this, so I want you to consider this. See, this is Jeff Van Gundy's point on if the Warriors can win the series with Klay Thompson.
5: I can't envision in my mind how they could win this series, let alone another game, if he can't find a level of, doesn't have to be great, but super impactful, and them being 1-1 after the two games that he's played is a testament to you know their defense. Curry's greatness. They have a, a good competitive instinct, but they got to get more from Thompson.
4: So CJ, when I watch the game and look, I see, obviously I think Clay missed a couple of bunnies, right? Some easy ones. But it, it is interesting seeing like what Clay used to be, and then seeing Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart almost like a mirror of who he used to be defensively. How quickly he moved laterally, and when you see the way Boston has contested catch and shoot threes, catch and shoot shots, he's one and eight in game two. I, it, it just feels like they need to find him different ways to get himself going offensively because I, I don't believe that they can go far, they can win the NBA Finals, if you don't have Clay that steps up in those big moments of games, other than Steph.
7: I think you're right, but I also think the emergence of Jordan Poole has shifted my thought process on this whole situation. Before, obviously, the Splash Brothers kind of went with, with Steph and Clay, right? Then you add KD, so it doesn't matter how everybody mm-hmm. else does because he's 30 to 50 a night. You look at Jordan Poole and his ability to kind of explode, scoring off the dribble. Outside of Steph, he's the only other guy that can generate quality shots off the bounce, isolation, pick and roll, while being able to create for others. So I think that's a, a special skill set that if Clay continues to be a shell of himself, Poole just has to play better. By better, I mean he needs 20 to 25. If he does that, then I think they still can win a championship. But in terms of Clay Thompson, you talked about him. Lateral isn't there right now, isn't where it was before. Obviously, he doesn't have lift around the basket. He's missing bunnies, jump shots a little flat. The trajectory on his arc is different. I've gone through foot injuries, so I kind of know what it's like um, in terms of trying to progress back. And I think once he gets his pop, it's just a matter of time. And I think you're seeing it in spurts. Like he'll score 30, then he goes back down to 10. It's only a matter of time before he has one of those games, and that's kind of all he needs to get out of this series. They already got one. If he helps them win one game, then I think Steph and Poole are good enough to win two more. Mm-hmm.
3: C.J. McCollum with us, giving the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise here on Keyshawn J. Willimax on ESPN
7: Radio.
2: C.J., how you doing, man?
7: I'm good. How you doing?
2: I, I want to I wanna say one thing real quick before I start asking you some questions about the NBA. When you were traded from... Portland to New Orleans, I found a different appreciation for you. I don't know you, and really didn't follow your career nearly as as well as Jay or, or Max. But when you went to the Pelicans, it it completely changed my whole thought process. When I saw you speak about the team, about the trade, about Zion and stuff like that, if more more veteran players could do things like that, a lot of the young guys will take take notice and change their whole thought process, in my opinion, about the way they approach the game. So I just wanted to say that before I ask you about the major impact that you had on the team when you got down to New Orleans. What do you think that – could? how do you think that was contributed? What did you do to contribute to that?
7: First of all, thank you for for that. I appreciate that comment, man. I'm a big fan of your game. I, I played fo- – you know, I'm from Ohio, so I played football, you know, most most of my life until it got too cold outside and I had to go back in, indoors and play basketball. <laughs>
2: well, now, now you sound like a basketball player now. Yes. See? That, yes. That- <laughs>
1: I'm
7: from Ohio. It's cold out there. Man. I, I needed the hand warmer and all of that stuff. But I think in terms of the impact in New Orleans, I think that place allowed me to be the best version of myself. And I, I enjoyed my time in Portland. Like, Dame is my guy. I learned a lot from that organization. They paid me a lot of money. I was able to take care of my family. I had my first child there, I got married there, I learned how to become a man there. And I'm thankful and appreciative of that forever. But I think in New Orleans, it was the next phase of my life. It was the next step in my progression as a man to, to have to lead, to have to um, use some of the tools and resources uh, I was able to to attain in Portland and kind of carry that over. You talked about young guys you know, needing mentorship, young guys needing a veteran. I think that's important, but they also need to see how it's done. It's one thing for people to preach to you about work ethic, doing things the right way, having a business acumen, being a leader, uh, being mature, working on recovery, working on consistently you know, growing as a person. But it's another thing when I get to talk about these things, but then I get to show them how to do it. Like I didn't just come in telling people what to do. I was like, look, I want to be as coachable as possible. I'm not going to know plays. I'm not going to understand rotations because I haven't done this before in this system. But please coach me players one through 15, I don't care if you start, I don't care if you're a G League guy, I don't care if you're on the two way, if you see I'm not doing something the right way, please correct it. And I think that changed their perspective of me right away. They had this opinion of what I was like, then they got to see me. And I kind of told them, I was like, look, this is what I'm like as a person. This is how I work. And, you know, when you guys are ready, you know, for me to kind of have those sit down conversations, I'll have them and I told Z the same thing. I said, look, I'm not here to be your father. I'm not here to preach to you. I'm here to lead you to the water. Whether you drink it or not is up to you. You know what I'm saying? Like my life is going to be what it's going to be forever. Like I did what I was supposed to do. I just want you to be able to maximize your talent. I want you to maximize your strengths. And as the the president of the PA, I want to see everybody make as much money as possible while being able to truly take advantage of of everything they have to offer to this game. And obviously the better he is individually, the better our team will be. And I want to try to win the championship. So I think... They got to watch how I moved. They got to watch how I acted. But most importantly, they got to watch how I worked. And I think that kind of shifted their mindset and appreciation of this game. Mm. Man, that came out perfect. (laughs) No wonder you're the president of the PA. So how important is it, do
3: you think, staying on the topic of your move, how important was it, do you think, not just to bring a veteran in? A lot of times you'll see a young team, a lot of young talent, and they think, oh, we can't make the mistake of not having a veteran. They get a veteran in, but he's not – an all-star caliber player at least maybe not anymore how important do you think it is that they bring you in who plays at a certain level so it maybe hits different you know differently
7: when you when you when you talk to them and when you lead by example no that's crucial and I think that's one of the reasons why my brother and I have always had a great relationship because he wasn't just a a guy who told me what to do, he showed me what to do. And he still plays professionally. Shout out to my big bro. But I think the the, the biggest thing was that I could come in, right? I and mean, like a guy like B.I. who's extremely talented, sky's the limit, hard worker. He's never really played alongside a guy who's been to the playoffs consistently and like played in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like I done played, you know, eight, which nine, nine straight years in the playoffs. Obviously I didn't play a lot early on, but I think their appreciation of me was different because I can speak to the guy who didn't play at all. Like, I was DMP, showing up in the suit. I was a starter, I played roles, I watched guys shoot game winners, I passed to guys that shoot game winners. You and hit I hit big shots? And I hit them. So I think they collectively could really appreciate and understand that, like, I'm not just preaching to the choir. I'm not the OG you bring in at the end of his career. Like, I'm the OG that still can go get 30. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> saying? I think that really resonated with them. And then I can go kick it with you after the game and drop some gems on you. So I think that was really important, uh, especially when you got 21, 22-year-olds. Like, I don't know who half these rappers are. <laughs> um, that are rapping now, you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm listening to Marvin Gaye and OJ's and Temptations and Ohio Players. Man,
2: you don't know nothing about I that, know. man. You're, You're too
7: not young 50. For that. He knows everything about. I that. know everything about that. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> I still, Old I soul. still can listen to, to, you know, I still like a little Future. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like, I can still be in both worlds while kind of showing them like, hey, this is how you transition, and this is how you take care of your stuff off the court.
4: But CJ, you talk about something that's so important. It's culture. Yeah. And it's something that makes me so appreciative of what Golden State has done. Their culture uplifts for a young guy like Jordan Poole. Like that's difficult to thrive in that type of environment. But guys like Steph, Clay, Draymond set
3: the right tempo, culture-wise. We got about thirty seconds left
7: here. Who's going to win the finals, CJ? Uh, I'm a man of my word. I said Boston. Um, I just need I just need the role players to really step up. I need Smart to be aggressive. I need I need robe Marcus Smart to come out the comfortable Marcus Smart the the swaggy Marcus Smart um, instead of the not so sure Marcus Smart I think that'll be the
5: difference
3: CJ McCollum, Keyshawn, J. Will and Max we're back in a matter of moments
1: thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max the podcast check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio